Hello, school counselor friend. Welcome back to the School for School Counselors podcast. I'm Steph Johnson, your host, back as always with another episode. The podcast meant to talk about real world school counseling. None of this perfect world stuff. And we're going to get down and dirty about the world of school counseling and what's really important in our work and how can we sustain ourselves through all the challenges, all the pressures, all the things. In this episode, I'm going to talk about ways that you can ensure that you're going to be an even better school counselor than you were this year. And you may be thinking, well, of course, Steph, I've gotten my procedures down. I've streamlined the way I work every year. I just keep getting better and better. It's inevitable. But I've got a little trick for you that's going to ensure that you next level your school counseling game for next year. So stick with me. I'm going to reveal it all in this podcast episode. Before we do that, I want to dive into a recent review of the School for School Counselors podcast. This one was left by Jenny Vinny, and I have a feeling I know who this is. It's one of our longtime School for School Counselors friends, and she titled the review, Even an Old Dog Can Learn New Tricks. The review goes on to say, Steph puts out strong and informative content for school counselors old and new. As a lifelong learner, I always pick up something new. I appreciate her authenticity and ability to tackle topics that are relevant regardless of your grade level or state you work in. Give her a listen. Be prepared to learn and feel both seen and heard in your profession. Thank you so much for that sweet review. And you guys may have heard of a previous podcast episode where I just cracked up reading a review. It's so hard for me to read these because I feel like I'm patting myself on the back. But I do want you to know that other people are listening. They're appreciating what we're putting out there. And I want to empower you to leave your own review because that's how the dreaded algorithms let other people know about our podcast. And we really sincerely could use your help. As a matter of fact, at the time of recording this episode, we have 149 reviews. So we're almost to 150. I'm wondering who the big 150 is going to be. And hopefully we're going to get that review this coming week, which is also the week that we've hit 50,000 downloads of our podcast. Y'all, can you believe that? It's crazy to me to think about. We have 50,000 downloads of our podcast, and it's not even a year old yet. So super grateful to be able to fill this need in the school counseling world. And just so grateful and humbled for everybody that tunes into the podcast week after week. Uh, you guys are the real MVPs for sure. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. All right. So getting back to how to be an even better school counselor next year. We want to be able to walk away at the end of the school year, not even think about school again until it's time to go back on duty and know for sure that we're going to be up leveling our game come fall. Having a plan that will work for us when we return and not forgetting all the things we thought we'd remember, right? Because we always have these things in our mind that we want to improve or get better at. And then we leave and we go to summer trips. So we have events. We're chasing kids, some of us. Hopefully you're resting in there as well. And then you get back to school and you go, man, like, I don't even remember what that was. Or 
even worse, you're in the middle of something and then you go, oh, now I remember. I planned to do it differently and I forgot. Even if you've been school counseling for a while and you feel like you know all of your campus responsibilities like the back of your hand, there is still something to be said for the process I'm about to lay out for you. So keep listening to this because I promise no matter how long you've been doing this job, it's going to be beneficial. Everybody's going to benefit from this process. So what's the process that I'm recommending? It is a full-scale reflection and planning session from this year to next. We want to deliberately and very thoughtfully examine our counseling program, the experiences that we had, the actions we took, and the outcomes that we saw throughout the school year. And before you go, like, man, you know, I already do that. I'm already watching what I do. I'm already keeping track. I'm already maybe even running some use of time data. I want to caution you because this reflection should go beyond a surface level recall. And it should go even beyond an aggregation of your use of time data if you're running that. This is so much more than that. This is involving some deeper reflection and some analysis to understand the true impact of your initiatives, the impact of your daily activities and experiences for your students with regard to their growth and development, as well as your experiences. Things like, what did you do throughout the year? What are the specific things that you did? What did you enjoy? We often look for the problems and the things to fix, but what went really well? What was super awesome and you want to have continue happening? What worked and what didn't? What didn't work? Because, you know, if you've been in this business a while, you know, every now and again, you have a spectacular fail. And maybe one of the most important questions you can ask, when did you feel lost? Because as counselors, we all feel lost from time to time. We all get into uncharted territory and think, where do I go next? What do I do? What should I be thinking about in order to help the student realize their potential or make positive gains, right? So don't feel bad if you had specific times where you felt lost because it happens to all of us. But we have to be willing to recognize that and acknowledge it so we can make plans to get better. A reflection process is so important, not only for the mechanics of our programs, but for our own self-awareness and for understanding our own experiences. I think too often we discount our own thoughts. We discount our perceptions and our reactions throughout the year in lieu of the idea of serving students, right? We are head down working hard, trying to make sure that we have ultimate outcomes for students. And we forget sometimes about ourselves. I I think that's why you see a lot of unrest and discontent in the school counseling world. It's certainly not the only reason, but I think it's a major contributor. We've got to undergo a process that forces us to pause and consider our own vantage points, as well as the people around us and the people we're serving. So what do we do? We need to examine our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors throughout the school year. 
For instance, over the years, I've learned I don't do well jumping into things first thing Monday morning. I need a little bit of time to sit down, to reflect, think through my week, kind of mentally plan for what's ahead, and really kind of calculate my approach. Now, is my week going to go completely according to that plan? Heck no. (laughs) It, It never does, but it feels good to me to kind of have that framework ready to go. Other people may do better jumping into things feet first Monday morning. So it's all your own personal experience or preference, but really think about all those things, not only what you thought about your school counseling program or how you felt about it, but what were some of the behaviors that were involved on your end of things. And think about too, if you've been feeling frustrated at your work and you don't exactly know why, or you have kind of this broad generalization, you know, my boss is a jerk. Well, what specifically is frustrating you, right? You you encounter difficult people all the time. What makes this one different? Addressing any resentment that you've been feeling towards the end of the year. Addressing your fatigue. What's driving that? And then on the flip side of that, identifying areas where you felt joy, where you felt encouragement in your work, and maybe some nice collegiality on campus identify those as well. The second piece to this, after looking at our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors, is making informed decisions and planning toward purposeful actions. So these can be programming related. So for instance, it may be elements of your comprehensive program. It may be adding a little of this, taking a little bit of this away, It might be a whole new initiative. You might want to host a college week or something that you've never done before. But making informed decisions and planning toward that in your programming is a great first step. And I think you also need to be looking toward making decisions and actions toward your own personal work satisfaction. What are some things that you can really help you feel more fulfilled in your work? We talk about that from time to time here in our podcast. We talk about it a ton in our mastermind support and consultation chats that we hold each week. But I really want to encourage you, however you find the motivation, really think about what could bolster your work satisfaction? What makes you feel really good about the work you're turning out? And then last, thinking about areas for growth or areas for enrichment for yourself? What are some things that you want to learn? What are some things you want to get better at? What do you want to know more about? What do you need to be more effective? Where are those times that you did feel lost? Who were the students that you looked at this year and thought, I got nothing. (laughs) I have no idea what to do with you right now. Can you hear me laughing? Because we've all come up against that. So think about those as areas for growth and enrichment. What are some things that you can dive into? Is it some something that you want to study over the summer? Or is it something that you want to keep in mind for the fall? Again, our mastermind is a great place to dive into some questions like that. We've got a lot of super smart folks in there that are very, very happy to help give you some ideas and some inspiration for new practice for learning. And if you have a question, I just about guarantee we're going to have somebody in that chat with experience in that realm. 
The best thing about these kinds of end of year reflections and goal setting is that it fosters a growth mindset for you. We encourage students to cultivate these growth mindsets throughout the year, but for some reason, we tend to demand perfection from ourselves. Raise your hand if that describes you, because I think it describes a lot of us. Part of this maybe is just because we're naturally go-getters, right? It's in our nature. It's something we have to be really mindful of, that we're not just demanding, demanding, executing, executing, but that we're being gracious to ourselves. And we're realizing that sometimes when things come up short, it's not our fault. There are other factors at play, or there are other things that we can do to kind of urge things in the direction we want them to go. I think the other piece of that is probably all the rhetoric and I don't know, the word propaganda comes to mind. It's probably not the right word, but just all these ideas in the education world about what the perfect school counselor does. Um, And you may have heard my podcast episode about my feelings on that. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. I think that until it's mandated that you have the time the budget and the resources to do the work of a comprehensive school counseling program, I don't know why people continue beating you over the head with it. We ought to be beating other people over the head with it, not you. But that's a whole other story. Uh, Don't let that rhetoric make you start feeling like you're a less than school counselor just because, you know, you don't have a caseload of 250. So it's easy to hit all the components of a comprehensive program. Many of you are running 700, 800, even 900 student caseloads. And the way that the national model is built, it is extremely difficult, if not impossible, to reach those goals. And that's okay, because you didn't design your work environment. They didn't put you in charge and say, hey, we'd like to know, how would you design this school counseling program? If they'd asked you, it probably would look very, very different, right? But anyway, the point of this is just fostering that growth mindset in yourself, realizing it's not just you that's 100% responsible for this school counseling program. I think another big piece of an end-of-year reflection process, too, is celebrating accomplishments from the year. It's important. We've got to celebrate the big things and the small things. And again, even if you don't feel like you're in alignment with this perfect comprehensive school counseling program, if we feel beaten down by these components we can't implement, if we feel beaten down by the general attitudes of our administrators, of our coworkers, they just don't understand our work, perhaps they're very dismissive of your role, or with respect to the changes we wish that we'd seen in our students, that just didn't happen this year. We've also got to remember to celebrate the accomplishments so that we can really take stock of the whole picture, right? We're not getting bogged down in this negative thinking and always looking for the problems. We can celebrate ourselves, my friends. It is okay to do that. If you're carrying over these unresolved emotions from the last school year, it's going to affect your mental well-being. It's going to hinder your professional growth. So when you think about this, this is not your perfection manifesto, right? This is not your goal for becoming the most perfect school counselor on the planet. 
You've got to balance your accounts with what you actually have in the bank, not with what you wish you had. So keep that in mind. Celebrate your accomplishments. Celebrate your students' accomplishments that you know you had a hand in. Give yourself that sense of progress, that validation for your work, and the confidence in what you have achieved. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was running my end-of-year school counseling data. I recently revealed that in our mastermind group. All of my percentages and where my time as a full-time school counselor went this year. And I can tell you, as I was looking over my materials, as I was preparing my end-of-year report, I recognized some issues that I'd forgotten about from September, October, November, because either they'd resolved or I really was seeing the percentages for some of my tier three students declining, but didn't realize it. And when I looked back on that information, I did feel really validated on the growth that I could see. Looking back on that information painted a very different picture for me than the one I had in my mind in the moment. Does that make sense? And even if you haven't been keeping use of time data, which, side note, if you want to do that for this next school year, and I highly recommend it, we're going to be running a kick-ass data cohort coming up in the fall. It's something unlike anything you've ever seen. I'll tell you about it later. It's going to be fantastic. You can still, even without that use of time data, identify the trends in the information that you do have on campus through your um, student check-in system, through your calendar, through your emails, those kinds of things. You can begin to kind of track some of that stuff and nail it down. Another way of looking over some of the issues or some of the growth you've seen throughout the last school year is compiling a list of all the situations, all the people, and all the students that you feel grateful to have worked with or worked for this school year. It's amazing what comes to mind when we take just a moment and practice some real, authentic gratitude. And then make sure that you're sharing those accomplishments with other people, either through your end-of-year data or just through anecdotes. One of my most favorite end-of-year tasks is revising and updating my data presentation that I give to staff in the fall that's titled so eloquently, What Does the School Counselor Do All Day? (laughs) And it has all of the stats that are pertinent to my staff, the things that they need to know. I try really hard to pop the percentages up on the screen that paint a picture for what I'm doing all day. Because I think it's really easy to kind of idolize the school counselor's position and think, man, you know, it must be nice just to sit in an office all day. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that, even though people rarely find me in my office. It's super fun to put those numbers up and hear the staff just give an audible gasp when they see the numbers. Um, And I love to do that at the end of the year because it helps me have it ready to go for the fall, but also because it's a great reflection for me of where my time has gone, how vigilantly I've advocated for students, and of all of the progress that we've made throughout the past year. 
All right. And then from there, you can start setting some specific goals, some specific expectations for yourself, creating some kind of a roadmap or an action plan, breaking those goals down into specific tasks, and revisiting those regularly and making adjustments. My friends, I'm going to tell you that's what we do in our mastermind all year long. We just completed our semester review workshop today at the time of this recording, where we walked through the past school year and the past semester, and we did all of the things that I just told you about. We did all of them. We have some super cool worksheets where you can fill all that information in. Like I tell my masterminders, it's amazing what happens when you put pen to paper in this process, right? Instead of just trying to type it all out or trying to remember it, sitting down and intentionally writing your responses to our prompts will open up a whole new perspective for you on your school counseling work and what you want to do for the next year. Um, We also hold weekly consultation where we talk about these things all the time, where we talk about these things constantly. And again, our data cohort that we're going to be opening in the fall that y'all is going to blow your mind. And I can say that with complete confidence because we've developed it in conjunction with our current mastermind members. We've been talking about where they feel they're falling short in their data practice. What were their biggest obstacles in getting started? What do they wish they were doing with data that they are not doing now? They feel afraid to do or think they can't do. And we're going to be lumping this all together in a very low-stress environment with lots of support, tons and tons of support, so that you can get your data-driven programming going the direction you want it to. We do this regularly in the Mastermind. But um, if you want to access the end-of-year semester workshop that we just did, man, you can come and access the replay. We would love for you to join us. Just check out schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash mastermind. Once you join us there, you have access to everything that we have in our library, including our end of year semester workshop and all of the documents that support the process. They'll walk you right through easy peasy, and you can have that end of year reflection and plan done in 20 to 30 minutes. All right. So in ensuring that you're going to be an even better school counselor next year, we know you need to have a plan to work when you return to campus so that you don't forget all the things you thought you'd remember before all the trips and all the fun stuff over the summer, and that we're acknowledging and celebrating both the big and the small accomplishments, even if you don't feel like you're in alignment with a comprehensive school counseling program, it still matters, my friends. So acknowledge it and celebrate it. Practice gratitude in what you were able to work within this year. Develop that growth mindset about your work and realize that all of the shortfalls in your program are not your fault. Gain confidence in sharing your accomplishments and having a solid plan to rock 2023-2024 to be able to walk away and not even think about school again until it's your first day back on duty. That way, you're going to return feeling truly restored and excited for your work, right? It's going to be awesome. All right, so like I said, those worksheets and the workshop replay are available in our mastermind. 
It's going to help you identify your yearly accomplishments, your room for growth, your room for growth by domain, even your ideas for next year before you forget them in a sea of margaritas, (laughs) your areas for professional development growth. And we included all your observance dates as well for 23-24. So you don't lose any time in recognizing all the things that schools love to recognize throughout the year. So we would love for you to join us over there. All right. I am so grateful to all of you for, again, participating in this podcast, for listening, for offering your encouragement and your reviews. It means more to us than you could ever, ever know. If you liked this episode, would you please let others know about it? You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I would love to read that review in a future episode. You can leave a rating in your platform of choice. You can screenshot the podcast and share it with friends, tag us on social media, whatever you want to do, but please help us get the word out. We would be so indebted to you. And make sure that you join me for the next episode of the School for School Counselors podcast. I love joining here with you each and every week, and I hope you love it too. So until we talk again, I hope you have the best week. Take care. (laughs) 